This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 204. My name is Nick Howell. And I am a good human being, and Seth Rollins says so. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to Busted <laughs> Wide Open. Welcome welcome to this lovely Tuesday evening, yes. uh, Nick, where we bring you... We bring you a recap of Raw from this week, WWE's Monday Night Raw. We're also going to talk about New Japan. They released their uh, their New Japan Cup brackets. We're going to run some bracketology. Ooh. We're going to go over Super Showdown, which is happening this week. Uh, and a lot more. But, uh, Nick, here we are back again. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, let's do a little hop. I'm ready, man. I'm hot. I'm ready to go. Let's do some housekeeping. Let's let's pop right into this. Yes, sir. Well, guys, always, always, uh, BWOPodcast.com is where to find all of our links to everything we do. Head over there. You can find a playlist of all of our episodes as well as all of our social media links. But to run them down real quick, we'd love for you guys to come and join us in our Facebook discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open over on Facebook. Like our page and send us a join request to get right into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Our loyal fans and listeners love you yeah. guys so much. Thank you for making that group entertaining every single day. Pinned there or in the comments below if you are in the description below i should say if you're watching here on youtube uh you'll find links to our discord community where that's the place where we have our live chats all throughout the week for all shows including pay-per-views such as revolution we've got coming up yes begrudgingly we're gonna have one for super showdown this thursday uh there will be a yeah. chat going on there is a channel in there ready for it we can yeah. all be as snarky and as mad about it as we can <laughs> together uh, but more on that later uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live every episode right here at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, as well as doing our patron mailbag episode on Saturdays after that main show. But to get into that, you have to head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers, be able to ask listener questions, get access to show notes for every episode, bonus episodes, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over there at patreon.com slash bwo uh ian something very uh awesome happened this week uh it's What's the that? nature boys oh woo! limo riding jet flying kiss stealing wheeling dealing 
Woo! Nature boy. Son it's his birthday. Guy. You see Woo! this? You see these right here? <laughs> right here. $10,000. It's 100% alligator. It's 100% alligator, these slippers. Can't, can't keep those gators can't down. Can't keep these gators down. <laughs> Spent more money on spilt liquor in bars than you made. $1,000 suits. $10,000 oh. Rolexes. You guys know how it goes. You know the spiel. You know yes. the Rick Flair. I uh, am, I have to say, as a Charlotte native. 71. Rick, 71 years old today. I There have been so many scares over the last five years involving Ric Flair and him <laughs> being death-defying. Right. Um, uh, Dude, it's I, a scary age. I, I had a bunch of my heroes die at 71. David Bowie, uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. Like, that's a scary age Yeah. Uh, uh, these days. Right around the 70 mark is scary. So I'm like, Rick. Stay healthy. Stop getting drunk with the boys in the back. Yeah. Come on, man. Or and post Malone. He like he's partying oh. backstage. If I find listen, as much as you want to say that, if I'm partying backstage at 71 with Post Malone or any superstar at their concert, I'm 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 okay with that. No, no, I'm no. Going it's, out. It's, I don't I don't care if he's partying with Post Ozzy Osbourne's partying with Post Malone. Fine. Party with Post Malone. I have nothing against Post Malone in theory. I'm worried about Rick. Well, you trying to keep up with these young kids, man. Go out with dudes your age, or yeah. at least relatively. Like, like, uh, so I don't what, know. Eat applesauce when... at the old they... folks' home? Come on, man. <laughs> That's Rick you know Flair I mean? you're talking about. Like, go out with Kevin Nash and 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 Stone Cold when they come back for the Raw reunion, or yeah. like, you know, a little, a little. Post Malone gonna kill him. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. Uh, I've seen what happens when they try to keep up with the young guys. It was very apropos that it was his birthday because yesterday they dropped the third episode of the Ruthless Aggression series on the network, yeah. and yeah. it was basically an evolution documentary and how uh, Triple H Is saved Rick Flair and, yeah. and how yes. he like re Triple H is single handedly responsible for reinvigorating the Ric Flair that had lost his way. And I'm going. That's Ric Flair, dude. He was kind of okay. He, yes. he was going to be okay. In case you weren't aware, Triple H is God, and uh, we all should bow down to him for his actions in the early 2000s. Uh, right. Of course, there's no mention of, of Booker T or PCO and all of that. Right. Or everyone else that got eaten by the golden <laughs> shovel. But uh, that's what happens when you have a documentary done in-house, and they do a whole lot of retconning. Uh, right. So, so take a take these documentaries with an enormous block of salt. Like if you've ever had goats that need a salt lick, you take it with a block of salt about that big, right? Because it is it is full of crap. But a lot of ni a nice trip down memory lane. And uh, uh, by memory lane, I mean for me, I see a lot of it. I'm like, that's not how it went down. That sparks my actual memories of how it actually went down. Right? Huh? Interesting. But yeah, I enjoyed it for so what it is. It's good popcorn fodder. And you know, as wrestling fans, we. We we don't look too. So a lot of us don't look too highly. It was the post Attitude Era. Stone, One day, Stone in Cold and the Rock. Wisdom, had, Vince McMahon had, decided to call it WWE instead of WWF because WWE just sounds better. Nothing or he got pandas. tired of getting sued by the World Wildlife Foundation. You know, yeah, which oh, yeah, is, oh yeah. But yeah, did they mention that? Did no. they say anything <laughs> about the World Wildlife Foundation? No, not a thing. Yeah, no, all Vince McMahon. Yeah, we wanted to be more serious about yeah. our products. Okay. Right. Anyway, yeah, it's on there. <laughs> Check it out. But it's a good time. Look, yeah. it's like I was always curious because I sort of went through a phase of where I quit kind of, I quit watching as much as I did post rock and post Stone Cold. And they call that out. The guy that was the head writer, 
uh, David something, I can't, or was it Brian? I can't remember what who that guy was. But he says, yeah, we're in this world now where we have SmackDown and Raw. We have to separate the brands, and we have just lost the Rock and Stone Cold. The ratings yep. are going to plummet. And I thought it was an interesting look into how they they turned that ship. Uh, well, and also they didn't mention they'd completely bungled the uh, the uh, uh, invasion angle. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it was like, oh no, the invasion angle was going great. No, it's, you just screwed up. You not only lost Rock and Stone Cold, but you completely alienated all of WCW fans. Uh, you alienated a whole bunch of your own fans from, from bungling the storyline. We could get this is a whole separate show. This is this is a yep. bonus episode. And if you'd like to be uh, to get our bonus episodes, if when when Nick gets around to actually finishing his booking episode, uh, you can head yeah. over to Patreon.com and join up there uh, and and get them that way. But yeah, Nick, we could go off on this, and I, I you're you're getting my hackles up because I I can't stand uh, biased documentaries. But yes. Especially from WWE. Especially. (laughs) uh, That's all they do. Uh, But that being said, Nick, there is plenty more to talk about this week, so let's head over and do that and discuss Monday Night Raw. Um, I want to say something here at the opening because I have been very riding very high on Raw for about the last, mm, since the Rumble, basically. Okay. Post-Royal Rumble, end of January, sure. the last three weeks have been fan-freaking-tastic on Monday Night Raw. Not so much over on the blue brand, but Raw has been, like, it's turned the ship. It made the, it was, oh my god, it's fantastic every single week, week after week. Something was off this week. And what? while there were high points sprinkled, smattered in throughout, it's just something... And, it, and I got to say, it feels like there's this giant... We used to have a pay-per-view called Roadblock. <laughs> and it feels like what's happening on Thursday is creating this giant freaking roadblock in our build towards okay. Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania. And I feel like that put a little bit of a... A hold a pump the brakes a little bit on the excitement that we've been building for towards the Chamber and towards Mania in the next couple of months. I will agree with you on that point. I was still very entertained by Raw. I thought it was a, a solid episode with a bunch sure. of great matches and great moments. Um, but I agree. The elephant in the room was, yes, we have to do the show in Saudi Arabia before we really get to the good stuff. And that was, it was a drag on the whole show. And every everything that I have a criticism about on Raw this week has to do with Super Showdown. Exactly. Exactly. But there was so much good stuff. That's built on, in the build towards WrestleMania and the stuff that they're doing on Raw that I was able to kind of excuse it because I'm like, oh, you got so much good stuff. All right, yeah, yeah, Super Showdown, fine. Let's get back to this good stuff. Some of that good stuff was the fact that they did a really good job of interweaving a bunch of different storylines into one main arc through the show. We always love when they do that. In this case, it was you had Randy, the Randy Orton angle with Edge. Uh, Kevin, he came out at the beginning to explain himself, which he kind of did, but once again, not didn't give a really good explanation, just said he was very sorry for what he did, um, and Edge was a brother, and all that usual stuff, but didn't, still didn't really tell us what the heck was going on with him. So at a certain point, he blathered on for long enough that Kevin Owens came out and was like, hey man, I'm a big Edge fan, we're in Winnipeg right now for the first time in 15 years, and uh, you deserve, you you." I deserve an explanation. All these fans deserve an explanation for, for why you did what you did. And Randy hemmed and hawed again and said, Kevin, you don't want to do this. And Kevin said, oh, oh no, I very much do. And if you don't want to give me an explanation, I'm going to beat it out of you. And Randy said, okay, cool, but not now. And then we had our main event, so which drags in the Seth Rollins 
and his and his disciples into the Randy Orton mix. And uh, that came up in the main event. But before then, we had Seth Rollins and uh, Buddy Murphy facing off against uh, each member of the Street Profits in two separate matches. And then so by the end, when we get to the main event, you had the Street Profits running out uh, with the Viking Raiders and AOP and everyone's ringside and this big cluster outside of the Randy Orton-Kevin Owens match, which supposed to be two guys, and all of a sudden half the roster's out there. Uh, and it ends with, the main event ends with a quick count from the ref out of nowhere. Ke- uh, you know, Kevin Owens laid out, boom, boom, boom. One, two, three, the ref counts it. And uh, Kevin Owens sets up like, what the heck was that? Randy Orton sets up like, what the heck was that? Uh, ref goes outside to check on Seth, who'd been getting involved in the match. And uh, it turns out the, the ref was working for Seth. Um, Seth tries to get Randy to kill Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens it wakes up It was me, Owens. Time. It was me all along. Kevin Owens wakes up in time, grabs the ref, uh, chases off Randy. Randy Orton walks away. He wants none of it once he realizes Kevin Owens is going to fight back. Kevin Owens rips open the ref's shirt. He's wearing a Seth Rollins shirt underneath. So he, he stunners the ref and puts him through a table. All while Seth is at the top of the ramp screaming, No, he's a good person. He's a good human. Don't do it. So we had a, a bunch of different elements going on here. Um, the Buddy Murphy and Angelo Dawkins match was cut short because Seth interfered. Uh, Seth got to beat Montez Ford clean uh, in a great match, by the way. Uh, so that's, I mean, at least an hour to an hour and 15 minutes of this show that was all these couple of different angles and all of the different little things that they threw at us to keep that going and, and keep momentum going through the show. Uh, and also set up the fact that it's that Seth and Buddy or Murphy, whatever they're calling these days, versus the Street Profits at Super Showdown for the tag titles. AOP is still hanging out because they're hanging out with Seth. Viking Raiders have beef with AOP, which makes you happy, I know, Nick. Because the big it's boys coming. are like they're. It looks I, like it's they're even more clear now. It's there. It's yeah, yeah. It's coming. What I what I wanted this whole time is it's. It feels like it's coming now. So that's I guess my next. That's that's so of the questions I have. Let's let's discuss here. Okay. Throughout all of this, it seems clear to me that the Kevin Owens Randy Orton thing was a one off. Right. That was just for this week, and then they're you know going to do their own thing going forward. Randy's got Edge coming up. Beth's, Beth, Beth Phoenix is supposed to be there next week, and Edge is there the week after, is, is what they've been announced and, and is scheduled. So Randy's going to go back to his feud. Um, and, and Super Showdown, I don't believe Kevin Owens has a match. I'm looking. No, I think he, he said he wasn't going to go. He, he said he wasn't going to go to Saudi Arabia, so props to him. Um, so we're not having to worry about that. Right now, he'll probably go back to Seth Rollins the week after that. You've got AOP and Viking Raiders still looks like they're going to come to a head. You've got Street Profits, Murphy, and Seth. And who knows what, what that's going to look like after uh, Super Showdown. So are you seeing that we're going to see a bunch of tag teams facing each other like Seth and Murphy, AOP, Viking Raiders, Street Profits as like a big you know two-tag team thing? How does Kevin Owens fit into that? Where are we landing? Where are we landing after Super Showdown next week going forward with all of this stuff? Well, when they when the when the Raiders dropped the belts to Seth and Murphy, that was the thing that kind of made me go, huh? It just didn't make any sense. If you guys remember that a few weeks ago, and I said, I I don't care how we get there. War Machine versus AOP at, at Mania. Period has to happen. Like how? So I guess if I'm drawing connecting lines through this, somehow we get them on Street Profits so that AOP can take them back and Viking Raiders challenge or Street Profits challenge back for Mania. For the Raw Tag Championships, it, it's got to be the Viking Raiders, though, in my opinion. Or well, War that's because they're, they're your they're your boys. That, uh, oh God, who doesn't <laughs> want to see that match, though? Jesus Christ! What um, Ra- Viking Raiders versus AOP? 
Yes. Oh, okay, again, War you think they do, adjust- you think oh, they do think it justice they- on the main roster? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, yes. I don't know like, if they've done enough work on AOP. Uh, maybe not. And, and we've got two months to do that. So that's where I'm, I'm skeptically optimistic. They can, I guess, about a month now, really, if we're looking at it. We're down to about six weeks to Mania, uh, beginning of April. Am I doing my Steiner math right this time? 40, about 40 days, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's not that far off. And we've got to, still got to do Elimination Chamber in the middle of that somehow. Uh, before we ever get there. So we're going to have SSD this week, and then two weeks we're doing Elimination Chamber, and then another three weeks we're doing Mania. Like, holy shit. It, it just, it's too much. It's too much. It feels like a couple of years ago when we were having two pay-per-views a month. And I just, I, I'm just, this Super Showdown thing really threw me for a loop uh, with the scheduling and the, the, the distraction of all of the building that they've been doing. I can't keep up. What's building for Showdown versus what's building for Elimination Chamber? What should we care about? Like what, what, what are the I, things that, yeah. Right, the mania stuff, like Drew that, and, and his run towards uh, Brock Lesnar. But no, we've, we're, no, but Ricochet's having a match this week with against Brock. Yeah. We're, which are is, we supposed to care about? Right, and that is something, well, and that's something that we'll get to when we talk about Drew and Brock. Yeah. Uh, is is that it seems a little muddied because of Ricochet, which I think sells Ricochet a little short. Here are the Street Profits going to get sold short. What is what is the plans with them after Super Showdown? Are they still involved in all this, or are they going to clean it up, take them out of it, and make it more just straightforward? Kevin Owens and somebody. Smojo's out for a month. We'll talk about that in the news segment. But Smojo's gone for a month. Yeah. Um. So Kevin Owens is essentially on his own, uh, which means he and the Viking Raiders are outnumbered. Uh, th- four to three. So how do we progress this feud forward? Montez Ford, by the way, got a really good look this week. He got a solo match with Seth Rollins. That's a sign in the back. They want to see what this boy can do. Uh, the, you know, can he can he get out there with Seth and uh, and kick it out of the park? Which, by the way, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, do, are they looking at him as being someone that pops out of the Street Profits and does something? Yeah. Um, are, do they have plans for the Street Profits after Super Showdown? I hope they do, because I'd much rather the Street Profits be out there and wrestle and entertain in the ring than be backstage doing announcement segments, which we've talked well, about. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Being hype men generally. I mean, my God, how, how entertaining were they coming out to the ring, running their mouths on Murphy and Seth, uh, and then you know, both being wildly entertaining in the match itself? Yeah. Matches themselves, like... That's, the thing that was weird for me, though, is that they advertised at the top of the show and throughout the show that we were going to have a match between Seth Rollins and Montez Ford. And then when we got there, it was uh, Andrew like it was Dawkins yeah. and, and Murphy having a three-second match. And then all of a sudden, it was like a surprise that, oh, you, you want some, too? Yeah. Uh, is, is Seth at the top of the ramp coming down to fight? Like, God, what's the deal here? Like, yeah, wasn't You it, guys wasn't told it. us this was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's almost like they, they anyway. just figured how it should be presented. Whatever. It wasn't a big deal. It was. I, th- I thought that overall, all of this flowed together well. Um, it made for exciting matchups like Montez and Seth um, and Randy and Kevin Owens. When was the last time we saw that? Yeah. So overall, great stuff. And I, I, loved, I loved the ref heat at the end, too. Like, it seemed a little goofy. I like the idea that Seth maybe has his tentacles going into other aspects of WWE. There's other people that are perhaps disciples, like hidden disciples of his around. Love that. Um, and like and the f- it, there, he was even planted. I had to scroll back through the Discord chat to find where I said it, but it was about 50 minutes into the show. I, I said, new ref? With question yeah. mark? Yes. And I, I, I think it was during the Garza and Carrillo match, which we'll talk about later. 
But that early on, they were already like planting yeah. him into some in matches, right? Um, his name is Jake Clemens. He actually he they got him from Evolve. He wrestles for yeah. Evolve a lot. He also does AI, AIW and Smash. He was just in Toronto for a Smash wrestling show. So he you know he is actually known to WWE because of their relationship with Evolve. So they were able to pull him up there. Um, but as you said, it was a good idea of, of, of them to establish him on the show first and not just have him like surprisingly show up in the main event where he would have been right. a little more ob- obtrusive. Then we had already established he's an, okay, that's, yeah, that's the new ref guy from earlier in the show. No biggie. And then when he's exposed, you're like, I knew it! That son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, it was great. It's good stuff. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Yeah. And it was also a really elegant wave. I loved how confused the audience was for about five minutes. Like, what... Was that? Did he screw up the count? What happened? And then he rips the shirt open, and you can almost hear the audience go, "Oh, <laughs> yeah!" It was it was a lot of fun, and they loved Kevin Owens killing him at the end of the whole show. So, could this this the Winnipeg screw job? Could could we rename this one? <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing I thought was a Canadian gets screwed over in Canada, right? But it wasn't it wasn't an apples for apples recreation of the Montreal screw job, which they've done too many damn times, where it's just a straight up thing this was a different variation on it which i which i liked about it you know what i mean it still makes us go a canadian getting screwed over in canada but it's not the same exact thing so yeah dug it all around kudos to winnipeg as well you guys delivered that was you guys were really good good crowd crowd. canada crowds in general are usually really good yeah speaking of stuff i liked uh there was a, a big woman's segment on the show it was the contract signing for the elimination chamber and uh uh, I think the Have only we ever had down- one of these. <laughs> yes, uh, I think uh, the only downside of this was Jerry the King Lawler announcing it. He had about the energy, he had all the energy of uh, a sleeping uh, sloth in this. Like, well, ladies, we're we're here at the table, and we're going to sign these contracts. I don't know why I sound a little more like Jr. right now, but whatever. You get the idea. Ah, puppies. That's my. Thank God, Asuka ripped the mic out of his hands and just started I unloading in out. Japanese. I marked out when she did that. I marked out for her screaming at everybody in Japanese and like just everything she did. I was marking out for it because I was so sick of King and ready to him to be done talking. And it was Oscar. It was just like my spirit animal then. Yes. It was like, Oscar is all of us right now. <laughs> each knee, son, or was it each knee, son, she, go. That's five. Where's the sixth person? Where's no, Shayna Baszler? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this was amazing. What? What? Nick, how long were we saying? Just let Oscar scream in Japanese, like years. They listen. You know, it, it took long enough, but they I listen. don't. I don't care if everyone in the crowd is screaming what at her. I don't care if everyone in the crowd is annoyed by her screaming. I mark out every time. I freaking love it. I Easy love this peasy. <laughs> That's my favorite. Easy peasy. I, I am such a mark for this Oscar, this version of Oscar. It's yeah. I, and it just kept getting better too because of course at a certain point King calmed her down, and he started getting everyone to sign the contract. As soon as everyone signed the contract, you had like the little like, moments of tension that was established. Liv is mad at Ruby. Yeah. Sarah is still somehow involved in this somehow. We don't know why. Um, and uh, and then as soon as everyone signs the contract, boom! Shayna Baszler's music hits. She comes out through the crowd. Mwah. Great little touch. Gets in there, eyeballs everybody, gets particularly up in Natalia's face, which I thought was interesting, signs the contract. Um, and then Asuka rushes out with the, the microphone and, it says, and says in Japanese, you're not, I hope you're not overlooking me, Shayna. 
or don't overlook, don't don't ignore me, Shane. This after like hard, stiff shoving Natty out of well, the way, like uh-uh, Natty, mine. Natty got up in Shana's face because Shana got Shana gets in Natty's face. Natty gets in Shana's face. They stand up. Oscar just hucks Natty down on the floor. <laughs> Which was amazing, and then gets right up in Shana's face, and it's just yeah, like I'm not gonna lie, I kind of went. <gasps> don't forget about me. Yeah, do you remember then, that time you beat me to take my, or you you're the one that took the championship after me? She didn't beat me, and, her, but I mean, and yeah. then you got Natty, uh, who jumps back up, attacks Oscar, and a big brawl breaks out out of nowhere. Freaking uh, Liv Morgan jumps up out of her seat and goes flying over the table at Ruby Riot. Mwah, which looks that. so beautiful. That was my favorite part of this whole segment. Uh, <laughs> just Liv flying over. Big scrum happens. The ring is cleared. All of the security guys get in there and clear everything out. King, I love how I get started off. Like, you know, King's like, all right, well, the contract's signed up. I'm out of here. Yeah. And he takes off. <laughs> and I love uh, that while all this was breaking down, there's like 10 dudes with headsets on just taking chairs out of the ring. Like, not even trying to break up the fights or nothing. Just, felt, just taking no, it's shit like, out. It felt more like, okay, crap. We, You know, this was a program built around, we know at some point people are going to come into conflict. They're going to fight. How do we allow them to fight within certain parameters, but also protect you know them and protect the equipment? Yeah. Uh, and uh, okay, that's enough. That we can't have them fight anymore. They're going to spoil the, the matches that are coming up. Let's break them up. It felt more like controlled chaos. Yeah. And I liked the way that was pre- presented. I liked the way this brawl was presented. I like Shayna Baszler in the middle of the ring, like with her arms out, like this ain't my problem, laughing at everybody until Becky Lynch comes out and comes to the ring. Uh, pounces Shayna. Shayna turns the table, slams Becky into the ground, starts wailing on her. They get separated, pull apart, brawl. They come back at each other. Ah, uh, I loved it. I did. I I really loved this segment. There were some awkward moments, but damn it, overall this this was all right. Just right what I wanted. Put it yeah. in my veins. Put it in my eye holes. Um, here's the question, Nick. Given what we saw, the face-offs we saw, we know that the Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot thing exists. Shayna's got to get to Mania with Becky. What's she going to do until then? We saw tension between her and Natty. We saw tension between her and Asuka. Are those her two, oppo- her two opponents between now and Mania? Or is it one or the other? Were they testing to see which one she got the, got the bigger reaction? And they're going to go with that one. What do, you think, what do you think this was about? God, if they let Shayna and Asuka go at each other, please. <laughs> oh, please. Give it to Please make it happen. Nick, Nick. <laughs> there go the yeah, nipples. Exactly. Oh. I, can't, I can't do that right now, but. I, well, still you got do the, the one. busted wing, folks. You can <laughs> do the one nipple. It doesn't heal. Thump. There we go. There you go. The one's, the one's popping up. Um, yeah, that's, uh, give me that. I, I also think it makes sense because Asuka, uh, Becky just beat Asuka, but Asuka proved she is the most dominant woman there is on the roster besides Becky. So it, she seems like the final stepping stone to Becky. No one else can take out Asuka, but Becky did. If Shayna can take out Asuka as well, that puts her on Becky's level. Agreed. So I, it makes it, much more sense than Natty, out of my head. who everybody beats. Uh, I think one of the worst things they did with Ronda Rousey when she debuted was put her with Natty. And I think it took a lot of cred away from her because of that. It made the matches look a little bit sloppy and fumbly. And I don't know if, if Rhonda learned a lot throughout that process. Maybe she did, and we just weren't exposed to that. And maybe that was the point of having oh, her with Natty. But yeah, I think it would be a part. mistake to do the same exact thing, repeating history with hmm. putting Shayna with Natty. And I would Shayna is ready to go. She needs no help. No. Put her with Asuka. Let, them two, let those two tear each other apart. And the winner, maybe it turns into another triple threat like we had at Mania last year 
with, with Rhonda, Charlotte, and Becky. And, the great thing about Shayna, yeah. and we've said this before, Nick, is that she has been ready for a while. Oh, yeah. She knows exactly what she is. She knows exactly what to do to get that across the audience. She's reading perfectly to this crowd. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for I'm ready for Shayna Becky. And if, if you're going to sprinkle some Oscar in there along the way, or include her in a triple threat, which you know I'm generally down on, but that one. <sighs> Shayna, Shayna, uh, no, I think it's going to be Shayna Becky at WrestleMania. Like I think that's pretty clear. Um, thank goodness. I'm less clear about Charlotte, Bianca, and Rhea. Mm. But if she goes through Oscar on the way to WrestleMania, yeah, give me that. Yeah. Give me that because I I feel like those two. I feel like Oscar could get Shayna. I feel like Shayna's over with the crowd, but like they need to have one really clear example of what she is, not just biting people. Like. Yeah show how much of a beast she is you know what's interesting because, about the two of them they have the same submission f- finisher yeah right <laughs> kira fuda versus oscar lock yeah well we'll see what they do i'm definitely excited and this was a this was a, a great way to get me excited for all of that yeah so um something that got me less excited paul Heyman came out and gave another brock speech at this point nick could we like do one of his promos kind of for him. Like he's Pretty obviously much. he's very eloquent every time he finds a new little nuance, a new little twist, but it's essentially uh, the same damn thing every he time. He did break out the spoiler again though this soon, which I thought was interesting. We're and we're less than a month removed from Rumble where he he gave the spoiler he spent again. It. He spent it. He spent and he's, spo- here he, he is breaking it. it out again. He said it here. He's like I haven't been wrong on a spoiler in 7 or 8 years. Right, he said that, and acknowledged that he had spent his spoiler at Royal Rumble. Right, but he says, "But I'm going to say again, it's a spoiler that at WrestleMania, Brock is going to f five Drew. He's going to decimate Drew, and you're all going to realize that he is your reigning, defending Universal Champion." Note, he never said in this, at least in this promo, he never said Brock's going to beat Drew. Just something I Clever. noticed. I didn't know. Every time that. he busts out the spoiler, I look very closely at his words and parse his words. And except for the Royal Rumble, you know, he's always found a way to be tricky with it. So, yeah. At this point, though, you can't take the, the spoiler serious anymore because he spent it. Yeah. So, at any rate, he comes out, does the whole spiel. Uh, we also had a Drew McIntyre promo, a sit-down promo backstage where he kind of went over his history, talked about coming into WWE 21, being cocky, not having his head in the right place, getting fired, going out, becoming a man, and coming back, having his head in the right place, busting his ass, doing what he was told, uh, coming to the main roster, and then getting, when he saw the opportunity, taking it. What did you think about the way he presented his history and the way he communicated who he is and what he is now? I enjoyed this 10 times more than I do the goofy, flippant kind of, eh, yeah, three, two, one, blah. Like it's a big joke in mm. a sense. I enjoyed this a lot more. Put him in, let him talk confidently. He's been a champion before, even though they didn't seem to count that during this segment for some reason. Uh, I guess he, they're well, not counting weird. the world's titles. but That's what's weird. He said, I've never been a world champion in WWE but they acknowledged you were NXT champion. So is NXT champion not a world title? Because if so, then is it really a third brand? So it seemed like it was counter. It was working counter to how they were trying to establish NXT. But that was strange. Yeah, but I, but I, I just I liked this version of Drew better than him going out and crushing some jobber and making a big joke and a mockery of the yeah. whole thing. Right? 
this feels serious. This feels genuine. I like this, Drew. This is the Drew we've been waiting for for two years. We were wondering when they were ever going to do it, and we started to even doubt that they ever would because of the whole Scottish psychopath, hair-in-the-face, scary Drew that was teaming up with Dolph Ziggler for so long. We finally got it. And it, it was like like that, out of nowhere. They just flipped it right before Rumble, and we when, got it. It was when the, it was when the uh, Seth Rollins experiment failed. Right. You know, well, we need a new new big face. Boom, there he is. Made man. He's, he's ready to go. If they don't put him over Brock at Mania... I'm going to be very, very upset. Uh, let's go back to last summer when we were doing our Royal Rumble picks. I think it was post-Mania last year. I think we called Drew McIntyre then. And just, you know, through the year, things got confused. Didn't seem to be going that way. But we just said, look, if, you know, he is he is the guy. And we've been saying it for years on the show is he's blue chip. When they decide to pull the trigger on him, he will be the top guy. When I'm going to have to go find us, it. I'm going to have to go oh, find yeah. it. But I know after Mania last year or after Rumble... It might have been Rumble or Mania. No, I'm not sure. It was. I Mania. remember saying Drew McIntyre will main event WrestleMania next year. Yeah, and I, I feel I feel so good about that. And going into Rumble, you you guys asked me constantly why I was so confident about that pick, and that was just everything in my being just <laughs> pointed me at Drew McIntyre. And like well, calling it that far back, it feels everyone like, in your being said mm. that Cena Cena would beat uh, Brock and become 17 time champion too. But sometimes your insides are right, and sometimes. They're off in the fantasy land of Nick It's Hoffman. usually all or nothing there with me. Somewhat, yeah. <laughs> Touche. I'm uh, very binary with my pickums. So, so now they finally acknowledge Drew is the man. He's saying, he, you know, he he laid out his history. I thought fairly well. I thought it was an interesting jab at the 3MB gimmick when he said, you know, I'm not here to be an idiot playing air guitar again. I've learned from that. Like I'm I'm here. I'm serious now. So, do you think that's him calling all the people that liked that idiots? No, I can understand why that would be embarrassing to look back on. That whole thing was was yeah. pretty tragic for everyone involved. I mean, Heath Slater still Heath Slater still hasn't really recovered. Uh, to that extent, I don't think Jinder's really recovered either. You know, people still see him as that. Drew had a long road to go on to become legitimate again. Yep. And he's the only one that went out and created a new identity for himself on the indies, really. So, in that sense, I think that I, I, one of the reasons he's being so embraced as super drew now, like, cause he is being booked as super drew. One of the reasons for that people are, people are, are embracing it is they feel he's done his time. They feel he's done his work. They feel he's paid his dues. The dude got fired and brought back. He went out. I mean, so did gender, but at the same time, um, drew feels different than that. Drew feels, he also, you know, gender doesn't have the charisma that drew has. It felt I, different when he say supplanted it, but, Bobby Roode. For the NXT Championship, it felt like a new yeah. era started in NXT. They also built Drew back up better than they did Jinder. I feel like if they'd done yeah. a better job building Jinder back up and not just plucked him out of jobberdom to be a champ, we might have accepted it more. You know, they let Drew build himself back up and get back over, even though, you know, within NXT and then establish himself as being dominant. They didn't have him lose very much as a heel. And so when he's ready to turn face, everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, he's done his time. You know what I mean? So everyone's yep. prepared for Drew, I think. They still have to be careful that they don't overdo it, but I, I think I feel like he's ready. Yeah. Um, again, like you said, though, they have to be care careful of that flippancy. You know, I feel like this did a good job of, of being more serious, but it also kind of... <sighs> he felt flippant here, too, where he said, I don't care who I face at WrestleMania, if it's Brock or if it's Ricochet. I am 
facing. I mean, my main eventing for the championship. But I see that crucial. as confidence. I, I I don't mind that too much. It's, okay. It's, it's like whoever your opponent is, it's not going to matter. I'm still going to win. I'm still going to be the champion. Yeah. Maybe it was the I, delivery I like that. that didn't work for me. I'm not yeah. sure what it was. Where it just I was kind of like, I'll oh, be careful. But uh, I think it's just maybe because I'm oversensitive after years of Super Cena and Super Roman. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Don't screw up, Drew. You've got it right now. <laughs> don't. This is what it, you always wanted it, Roman to be. Right. Yeah. This, this is exactly what you always wanted Roman to be. And he couldn't get there. And he probably still can't get there because the voice doesn't match the body, but or the probability doesn't match the skill. But here's the whole package delivered to you again on a silver platter. Yeah. Don't mess it up. I feel like Roman's come around with his promos, but that's a whole separate yeah. conversation. Let's not go down that rat hole again. <laughs> no. We have plenty more Raw to get to, including the fact that Aleister Black had a rematch with Rowan. And this time it was another very, very physical affair, another really fun match between these two guys. Uh, Aleister makes Rowan look great, and frankly, vice versa. But at one point, Aleister dodged Rowan. He went flying into the stairs, knocked his stupid little cage over, got really mad, beat up Alistair to the point that Alistair couldn't really move, threw him in the ring, and then went to check on his cage. But while he was distracted with the cage, Alistair recovered, and Rowan walked back in the ring to eat two more black masses. I like that it, I like that it takes two to put him down. I like they've established that. Um, one to, like, really mess him up, but two to kill him. And we need to talk about also what happened before this earlier in the show. Well, I was going to get to that. I was going to yeah, get to because that. Because that sets the stage for me for a lot of uh, Alistair's happenings in this match as well. Uh, backstage, previously, we had um, Luke Gallows talking about the match that he had with Ricochet, which we'll talk about that in a minute, and how blah, 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 AJ just amping up everybody. And for some reason, Alistair Black's just sitting off to the side brooding. You know, just listening to yeah. some some de some some black metal and just hanging out, right? Right. So he's he looks over and all of a sudden, oh, what are you looking at? Oh, we'll go beat you up because we're the OC, and they just beat him up. I'm just trying to listen because to why over here. <laughs> Leave me alone. So he sells the shit out of it all the way throughout the show, even throughout his entrance. He's hobbling his way down to the ring to have this match with Rowan, this rematch. Right. Uh, and then even leading up to when he gave him the first black mask, there was that kind of wobbliness where you thought he was going to fall over and maybe Rowan was somehow going to get one over on him even after a black mask, but he somehow sets him up and gets a second one in and pulls it off. But uh, is this the Alistair we want to see that he can be sort of taken down that way? No, this is the, Alistair, the one that can be taken down and come out and beat a monster like Rowan. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're okay. establishing him as a badass. And, uh, can I say how excited I am? I, I had this in the news segment. I have to bring it up now because they've already announced for next week. Uh, they've announced uh, that Alistair Black and AJ Styles will have a match next week. <laughs> there they go again. Uh, yeah, this, they're doing a great job of slowly building up Alistair, making him look like an unstoppable monster. Like right. you get beaten down by all three members of OC, you can still beat Rowan. Um, and they protected Rowan a little bit by having him be distracted by the cage. Fine. I'm done with the cage. I don't care. Uh, but here you know how you have Aleister Black recovering from that, getting through him, and now it's time for a few with AJ. Now, I know AJ is doing something else for WrestleMania. Fine. I'm curious, considering that the rumor is Undertaker is going to come out and, con and confront AJ at Super Showdown, what the deal is with Aleister and, and AJ and where Aleister pivots to after AJ for WrestleMania's not a lot of wiggle room for someone serious 
for Alistair at WrestleMania. So I don't know where he goes for that. But you, want, you just you give you me a Nick booking. Oh God! All right, fine. Does the Undertaker somehow transfer his Warlock powers? Oh, stop it! To no. Alistair Black. Oh my God! Oh. Listen, oh, remember when Jesus. I said the right way to debut Alistair Black? That I've said he could. He has the mystique and the entrance and the presence to be able to take on that mantle post Undertaker. Like he could be that figure. Three to five years from now, if we're looking back on it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, five years from now where Alistair Black ended up, because I'm thinking that there is potential there, and I've I've thought this the whole time of him debuting out of NXT, he could carry that mantle forward of he could, being that's, that that's supernatural I, I, figure. Ian Booking was Alistair Black versus WrestleMania versus Undertaker at WrestleMania this year. Uh, that obviously is not going to happen. It's going to be AJ. Or it could be a triple threat. Who knows? But that would be mm, that would be delicious if they mm-hmm. did that. But uh, regardless, I don't I, Undertaker transferring his powers. I don't know where that is. What I don't know what that is, Nick. But um, certainly some sort of passing of the mantle from Undertaker to, to Alistair would be cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, real quick, uh, Eric Rowan shirt watch. Oh, Rowan Eric, shirt watch. Eric Rowan shirt watch. Rainbow Bar and Grill, not a band, but a place. Nice. A place right here in Los Angeles up on the Sunset Strip, a place that I have been to many times. Yes. Uh, an absolutely, like, really awesome place. So much rock and roll history in that place, including the Lemmy statue. And they even have a shrine now at the bar where Lemmy used to sit. Um, it was a rite of passage for fan for music fans to play photo hunt with Lemmy at the Rainbow Grill, and I, I am, I'm happy to say that I I did I did check that box off. Photo hunt, a photo hunt. Or oh, you go the play little, with him on the little, the little, yeah, the little yeah the kiosk. Yeah, because he always right? he always used to sit next to the little buy him uh, a shot and machine. play photo hunt. And yeah. He would sit he would literally sit there at the end of the bar. Lemmy just, from Motorhead. He would well, sit at the end lived, of the bar. He lived two blocks away. That right. the Rainbow was his local bar. So I before you, guy, yeah. I when I when I was there buying him drinks, it was white it was white wine. The dude was drinking Chardonnay. I kid <laughs> you not. I actually asked him, "Are you are you are you fucking with me? Are you serious? That's my one. Uh, are you messing with me on this?" And and he was he was like, "No, no, it's what I drink now, Doctor Sol- Doctor Soda's. All right, if that's what you want, dude." Um, but yeah, like rainbows. Like whenever I play the Sunset Strip in my band, we go to the Rainbow afterwards and have pizza. Like yeah. that's that is that is the Mecca. I used to go out there. Um, Cypress Hill used to be sitting out in the patio smoking blunts the size of a baby arm. Yeah, no one, no one had a problem with it. I hung out uh, with um when they were first debuting before anybody knew who they were. Uh, Ivan and uh, the guitarist from Five Finger Death Punch were there. Mm-hmm. I got to see them kind of do their first thing at the Key Club there. Or at the Roxy, sorry, at the Roxy, um, and then oh, who was the Otep? Uh, Shania, Shania, I hung out with O-tep. her for a little bit. I remember Otep. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's woo. <laughs> There's a lot going on up there with her, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic uh, that just having that access. It's one of the things that people don't really they take for granted in LA is that access that they're just approachable. They're just humans. Yeah. Yeah. They're just regular regular folks, and you watch. I will. Them, hey, I will warn anyone who goes to the Rainbow Bar and Grill now. The only person who's regularly there now that you might know is Ron Jeremy, who's there, yeah. literally all the time. I, I have. He's been sort in of there, taking it once. over now that Lemmy's passed. So pretty much, yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've been in there once that he hasn't been there. So just wash your hands. Right. Anyway, Rainbow Bar and Grill. Eric Rowan. Good call. Nice. <laughs> There you go. Uh, you mentioned Ricochet. Yes, he had a match with with the Gallows last week. He beat Carl Anderson. This week he beat Gallows. 
Uh, so they are building him up as a contender for Brock by putting him over guys that really don't get a whole lot of wins anyways, which says to me, Nick, that they don't have a lot to, to do with Ricochet after Super Showdown. He's going to get murdered on Thursday, right. and then you can go back down and play with the kids in the kiddie pool after that. Well, that's, I'll, that's I'll throw this okay. out there. Uh, Kofi Kingston was WWE champion for six months, won at WrestleMania over Daniel Bryan. Yep. What's Ricochet going to do after he yeah, Brock Seven second loss to Brock, bye, and you're back to doing exactly what you were doing before WrestleMania. Like nothing ever happened. And that's Kofi. This is Ricochet. He's he's. He's still brand new. He's still got his baby baby, he is, baby clothes on. He is on. in the Under the Giant Battle Royale at WrestleMania. Changed my mind. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, some guys who have their own match at WrestleMania – uh, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. Mm. Yes, Angel Garza. Hello. They had a match. Oh, they had a beautiful match. This, Not only this, a beautiful this. match, but we even had an Angel Garza bit before this where uh, Zelina Vega was putting him over to Charlie Caruso. And, uh, you know, they're, they're calling him a ladies' man now. That's like his gimmick on the main roster, which of any of the obvious gimmicks to give somebody works just a little bit too well. I, I wish we hadn't seen him propose to a fiance in NXT. Right. But if you could forget that, this works perfectly because my God, that dude threw the the he threw the stank on Charlie at the end of this interview, where uh, you know he they they said he's a ladies' man at the end. Um, she goes, "It's a pleasure, guys," and and he looks at her, takes her hand oh so gently, and says, "Oh, Charlie, no, there's business and there is pleasure, and with you." Business is always a pleasure. She and was kind of like kiss her She She's was so melt, smitten, just melts, grinning a, ear to ear. Did a great job of, of appropriately <laughs> melting. I think that was only right. half acting because he did it so perfectly. Her inner that, lady bits were just is, going. He is, <laughs> he is crushing it on the main yes. roster. He also he beat Umberto Carrillo straight up in this match. Even though Zelina was distracting at some points, like he beat him straight up um, to establish like he's the dominant member of the family. Okay, fine. They're creating this whole. Familial feud, great. Do they when Andrade comes back next week? They cannot let this dude go back to NXT. Like I was getting ready to say, Andrade him who? around. It's almost to that point, isn't it? We've almost forgotten Andrade because he's Garza is so good. Um, what's what makes it better is next week they announced Rey Mysterio and, and Umberto Carrillo teaming up against Garza and Andrade. So, yeah, put that in my eye holes, too. Please. Yeah, no kidding. It's, it's Make it a ladder match. <laughs> we, we said when Paul Heyman first took over Raw, they did the draft, and we saw all of these incredible Latino stars going to Raw. We thought back to ECW and said, dude, is Heyman creating like a, a, a post-Lucha uh, di- like Latino division on Raw of some sort? Like, are they, was it Ray's idea? Was it Paul's idea? Like, we, had, we don't know backstage how this happened. But we knew that all, pretty much all the Latino stars went to Raw. And sure enough, they're all feuding and they're all getting each other over. And they're all showing what they can do. And it's freaking awesome. And They've I been love working it. together for years uh, down in Mexico. They all know each other. Uh, I don't know if the relationship is real between Carrillo and Garza. They keep calling them cousins. Uh, I don't know the oh, lineage I there. I, I actually had this in a note a couple of weeks ago. What they but, actually, uh, but I'd were. be curious. Uh, what I, it makes me want to go back and look at what Carrillo and Garza have done prior to signing with WWE uh, in NXT. I, I remember Carrillo doing 
it maybe it was think it was CMLL he was doing some stuff. Uh, but I, I would love to see like how much experience those two because it looks like absolute butter when those two guys get in the ring. It's just like watching melted butter butter pour over a piece of toast. It's beautiful. It so is they're calling them cousins. Yeah, uh, it's actually it's actually um, um, let's see. Oh no. <laughs> you had it. You I lost had, it. I had it. And I lost it. It's it's a little confusing. Um. So. Let's see. No, they are cousins. They are okay. cousins. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. So we know of the Garza lineage in in uh, Lucha Libre. So that's that's established. But I was curious. They keep referring to them as cousins on the show, and I wasn't yeah. sure if they're pulling a Kane Undertaker on us and, or if they're actually related. Uh, so you're saying they are. Yes, they are in real life related. Okay. Which is awesome. Hey, man, the more of that you get in there, the happier I am. Um, no kidding. It also, they're, and the, them putting it over, and it really does create a, a story already, which is what they were doing here. Is like, hey, Garza's got to go out there and keep his family member in line. Right. Cool. Awesome. But the real, the real joy of it is these guys get to go out there and put on these baller matches. And we all, we all. And they've been doing win. it week after week after week. Oh, dude! We, when when Ray and and Andrade first went out there and had that incredible first match that they had, and everyone just went, "What?" It's been like that ever since. Every time these guys get in the ring together in any combination, you let them do, you let them, you give them any kind of time, or you're going to see something special. Right. So yeah, it's it's fantastic, and I just hope that it keeps happening. I I love that there is like a mini Latino division on Raw, and they're using them properly. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Paul. Butter says, is the LWO coming back? I don't know if we're going to go that far. Uh, that hey, probably should stay in the past, but... Uh, better the, better, better LWO than the Mexicools. I'm just going to throw that out there. Or Latino Heat. <laughs> Beg, borrow, oh. and steal, or whatever it was. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one last thing on Raw. Bobby Lashley beat R-Truth. Speared him in one. Okay, they're in a, they're in a gauntlet match together in Saudi Arabia. That's... Yeah, remember when Lashley was one of the five guys to have ever beaten Roman Reigns? Yeah, straight up. Yep, yep. that was good yep. times. Yep. yep, yeah, yeah. Well, those wrong, were the days. Those were the days. Um, uh, I want to see before we move on. Is there? Um, yeah. So I want to talk about something else real quick, but I think I'm going to save it to our next segment where we're going to yes. talk very minimally, as little as we have to, about Super Showdown. <laughs> So All we're right. not doing I'll, any I'll kind of off. formal pickums for yeah. this. Uh, we are going to go over the card as it stands today. As professionals, as professionals, we yes. have to say what's happening on the show. But God damn it, we don't have to make anything entertaining to ourselves about this, including like picking who's going to win. Because you know what? Don't care. Uh, here are the matches, as we know, as you said, Nick, as we know today. WWE Universal Championship match: Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg. I will say this right now about this match: if Goldberg wins, we riot. Yep, I will riot. I will. I will flip every table in my house. I will flip the dog. I will flip everything in my house if Goldberg wins this match. Yep. And we have Reigns versus Goldberg at WrestleMania. Yep. All the flipping. This ne the next show you see on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash busted wide open will be upside down because my desk will be upside down and my everything will be flipped. So yeah. Uh, we have a WWE Championship match: Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. Poor Ricochet. If it lasts uh, five minutes, I'll be impressed. Yeah. Well, Brock does put on good matches against, you know, smaller guys. But it's basically going to be 
Ricochet gets beaten down. Ricochet comes back. F5 done. I hope it's more akin to the match we saw last summer with Finn Balor. Yes. I, I hope it's that or the where, AJ where we were like, match. oh my God, Finn could actually do it. Or the Styles match, right. Yeah. I hope it's I mean? a I hope it's Ricochet gets a good look here. Um notice that this week Ricochet well, Gallows was laid out in the ring and he was too far away to hit the six thirty, so he went for a shooting star press. You know what's great about a shooting star press? You can catch it into an F five. Yeah. Mark my words. Mark my words. Something there. Interesting. SmackDown tag team championships. The New Day versus the Miz and Morrison. Uh, yay. Cool. This is the one title I think could change hands at the show. Agreed. Uh, raw tag team championship, Seth Rollins and Murphy versus the Murphy. Street Profits. Murphy. Roman Reigns versus. We have Tim to Corbin say that as Robocop cage. every time from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? Murphy. Uh, Murphy. Reigns versus Corbin in a steel cage. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Naomi. Ooh. And uh, the gauntlet match, AJ Styles versus Andrade versus Bobby Lashley versus Eric Rowan versus R-Truth versus not Rusev, Rusev Mysterio. What? Rusev so this is, is what I was alluding to quote, earlier. I want to talk is, about this. Rusev is quote-unquote injured. He's injured. Oh, no. Uh, which sounds to me like he made him an excuse to not have to go to Super Showdown. Which no, maybe. he's in contract disputes from what I understand. Well, there's a, there's a number of rumors as to what exactly is going on with Rusev, uh, Wrestling Observer says he just didn't want to go to Super Showdown. Uh, WWE is saying that he's injured. Um, was it Wade Keller or was it PW Insider that was saying that he was in contract disputes? I think it was PW Insider. That. Okay. So there's a, there's a bunch of different stories about what that is. But long story short, Rey Mysterio is going. Rusev isn't. This outcome is going to be the same no matter what. What was and, the point of doing the whole Lana Lashley wedding shit then? Oh, you're not even going to put him in a match in Saudi Arabia. Oh, God almighty. I mean, if you don't want to quit after doing all that crap, I mean, (laughs) you know, all it took was a needle in the butt for Dean Ambrose. They had to go through. Can you imagine if Dean had to go through all that stuff? It was the needle in the butt and the teddy bear costume, apparently, was what did it for him. Can you imagine having to go through that entire Lashley-Lana storyline and and still be stuck under contract? Yep. I I can't imagine it. Oh, my God. Oh. Anyway, it's well, happening. Th- we'll be in the chat on Thursday. I will at least uh, maybe I don't know. Yep. Maybe I'll watch it. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. It's the mid- It's noon Eastern. Yeah. On a come Thursday. Visit us in, on, well, come visit us in Discord. Something will be happening then. Yeah, uh, there'll be some people in there. Showdown, but on Thursday, uh, come in there and and you know just hate watch it with the rest of us because <laughs> that's, that's what'll be going on. Uh, die, keep getting die, your blood money, die. guys. <laughs> die. So that's going to happen. We'll see you Tuesday or Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern in the chat for Super Showdown coming to you from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, But let's go over and talk about something a lot more fun than that going on in New Japan. So first things first, March 3rd is their anniversary show. We've got uh, Tetsuya Naito versus Hiromu Takahashi non-title match. Yummy. You've got Okada, Osprey, Sho and Yo versus Shingo Takagi, Evil, Sonata, and Bushi. Mm. Yummy. You have mm. Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi and Ryusuke Taguchi versus Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Duki. Cool. Okay. Uh, you have the uh, the dads, Tenzan and Kojima, with Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Toa Hinari versus Goto, Ishii, Toru Yano, Yoshihashi, Robbie Eagles. Fun. Nagata, Tiger Mask, Gabriel Kidd versus Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Fun. 
And then, of course, Togi Makabe and Tomoaki Hanma versus Yuta Suji and Yuya Uemura, who I expect to take a lot of chops. So it looks like a fun show. Um, that being said, it's all just to wet your palate for what happens the next night, mm. and that is the start of the New Japan Cup, Nick. Ooh. It's time. It's time. And this is always one like, uh, I think we should probably put up some sort of bracket uh, in the Facebook discussion group so that we can all have fun and, uh, and, and do some bracketology on this because it's always insane to do New Japan Cup bracketology because upsets happen all the damn time. And looking let's, at this layout... Let's talk about the elephant in the room first. So two things. One, I'd like for us to figure out how we can do a prize pack and we can collect brackets, even if it's just from the patrons. But maybe we do this with everybody. I don't know. Hang tight, guys. Ian and I are discussing that. We heard you loud and clear in the Facebook group. You want to do something like this. So we're going to try and figure something out. Second thing. Let's talk about the 800-pound elephant in the room. Kazuchika Okada and Switchblade Jay White in round one? Round one. What? Round one. What There's if a... those two aren't going to make it to the second round? <laughs> Welcome Are to you Japan out of your damn Cup. mind? Sorry for oh, shaking God, the camera. Earthquake. Holy God. Earthquake. <laughs> John Tenta is in Nick's house. Uh, there's, a, oh. there's a couple of crazy lineups here. So, all right. As, as a guy who gets really obsessive with bracketology, I'm looking at this and the mind doth spin um, on um, what I'm going to call A block, which is the left side of the bracket because okay. bracket, it is elimination. Togi Makabe, Jeff Cobb in the first round. Well, we'll do A, B, Are, C, D. Let's do, let's do the four. We got the four. It's like the bracket, the uh, 64 exactly. brackets. Yeah, for the semis, the, the, four, yeah. the four parts of the semis. So A, you've got Makabe and Jeff Cobb. I can only imagine they're going to want to put, put Cobb over a little bit here, and Togi's kind of winding down, even though he's yeah. an ex-champ. Uh, I'd love to see Cobb go on, especially because if he does go on, there's no way Toa Hanare is beating Tomohiro Ishii. No. I've heard of upsets. That ain't going to happen. No. So we get a rematch of Cobb Ishii. Done. Put it in my eye holes! <laughs> I, that is delicious. Yeah. On the other side of the A bracket here, you've got Toru Yanu and Chase Owens. I can only imagine that Toru... Goes on with goes on with that. Oh to, no! I didn't to even face see his this tag one. Team partner Colt Cabana versus Bad Luck Fale. So Toriano versus Colt Cabana in the oh, in the second no. round. Yeah, oh, that's that going to be sucks. amazing. Pro possibly the greatest comedy match of the year. Oh, no. I'm just I'm just going to say right now, if they don't pull the trigger on that, if they don't have Yano and uh, Cabana go through and have a match, they're missing out on a huge opportunity there. Yeah, or some uh, second stringers from Bullet Club. Yeah, it has to be Yano Cabana. Right? Sure. It kind of does. Yeah. And then they go on to beat uh, to, to face whoever wins that, Yano or Cabana, goes on to face the winner of what I'm assuming is going to be Ishii and Cobb. So either way, you're having a great one there. Uh, on the other side, on the B, let's see, the B semifinal. Yeah, B, B block, yeah. As you said, Okada and Jay White. Freaking coin flip right there. Uh, does, you know, the great betrayer. Do we have Okada revenge himself, or does White get yet another one over on, on Okada here? I and don't know. the winner know. of that one has to face, face Suzuki. Yeah, because Suzuki's <laughs> going to beat Nagata. Nagata's oh, sure. not beating Suzuki. No. So Suzuki's going to go on and face the winner of Okada, Jay White. <laughs> My heart! I can't make it! <laughs> on the other side of, of uh, the B category here, Juice Robinson versus Alex Coughlin. Obviously, Juice is going to win that one, I, I feel like. They're not going to have Alex go through, I don't think. Not at this point. No. And David Finley, Finley versus Tangaloa, uh, which is like a bit of a revenge for Loa pinning Finley for the titles back in the um, on the American tour. So I could see Finley picking up this win. I could see either one there. 
But if Finley wins here, then he's facing Juice Robinson. It's going to be a, another tag team facing each other. So it could be Tangaloa going on here, and Juice Robinson has to get revenge on Tangaloa for taking out Finley. Are we breaking up these tag teams? I could see Juice Robinson going back for a, another singles title run here. Mm-hmm. Are we breaking these tag teams up now with New Japan Cup to lead into the singles runs they might have in the G1? In well, are we breaking well, them up? Actually, it's not until October this year. There's a lot of other tag teams that are going to have to face each other at some point, too, because you look right. over in Block C, uh, Tanahashi and Taichi in the first round. Taichi could sneak this out, yeah. but I think Tanahashi might win in order to face his, his tag team partner and current co-champ, Kota Ibushi, who's in the first round against Zack Sabre Jr., which is an insane first-round match and could go either way. So it could be uh, – because and Taichi and Zack Sabre are tag team partners right now, too. Right. So, good Lord. I know where this is going. I think okay. I know where this is going. I, I'm, I'm scared to call it now, but Osprey and Sabre. If you, well, play that, that, if you play that C block out, Osprey and Sabre down to the, on it the 18th. Could be, it could be, or you could be seeing uh, Shingo Takagi push up. Because Osprey and Shingo Takagi, a rematch of last year's Best of Super Juniors final and possibly one of the best matches of the year. You're yeah. having a rematch of that in the first freaking round! In the first, are you out of your mind, Gato? You goddamn genius. Uh, on the other side of that part, you've got the winner of Osprey Takagi facing the winner of Sonata and Mikey Nichols, which Sonata. I figure, which I figure has to be Sonata. So, is it going to be teammate versus teammate? You know, but two uh, ingobernables, Sonata and Shingo, or will it be Sonata Osprey, which I think would be a great match, which we haven't yep. really seen. Osprey's newly heavyweight, so he's never really faced Sonata. I think maybe once in the G one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the G1 he faced. It him, was, yeah. Which was a great match. Um, so, yeah, the the winner from over there, Takagi, Osprey, or Sonata, is facing, I mean, I would say Saber, Ibushi, or Tanahashi, or maybe even Taichi if they're feeling insane. I'm, I'm riding the hype uh, coming out of New Beginnings uh, that we saw at with Saber and um, uh, Osprey. And I think but they just gonna... had their kind of like final match. Like Osprey took his title in England. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that beef's over yet. I, I feel like there's more there. There's a, so many stories they could go with here, though. But they that means you so have to stories. put out Tanahashi, Taichi, Ibushi, Sonata, and Takagi all into... <laughs> Imagine if Ibushi goes through and it's Ibushi versus Osprey. Oh, my heart would explode. Or Ibushi versus Takagi. Can you imagine if he goes to like dark Ibushi versus Takagi and they start hitting the crap out of each other? Oh, this is just delicious. Yes, I can imagine. That C block. <laughs> it, listen, we are all focused, even me included, was like laser focused in on, my God, they're doing Okada White in the first. That C block <laughs> in the top sick, right, that's going to be the sick one. That's, that's going to be the, the yeah. sick matches are going to come out of that one. And that looks like it's Holy all, crap. Uh, that's March 8th is when all those are happening. Yeah, 8th through the 18th. Oh, man. 8th, 13th, and 18th is C block. <laughs> man. Oh, God. Uh, over in D block. Hiroshi Tenzan versus Yoshihashi. Uh, 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 who cares? Yoshi. Carl Carl Fredericks versus Kenta. I have Kenta. a feeling Kenta Kenta's coming out of this whole thing. That, of all those, love Carl Fredericks. Huge. Yeah, uh, Kenta, I, I'm really high on that dude's. Kenta future. gonna beat his ass. <laughs> yeah, he ain't gonna beat Kenta, dude. Sorry. Kenta gonna beat his ass, and he's gonna beat Yoshihashi's ass, and that's gonna be that. And Kenta's gonna go through to, <laughs> to the quarters. Um, on the other side of it, though, on the other side of D, you've got Kojima versus Evil and Goto versus Yujiro Takahashi. I've got to think that Goto's going to beat Takahashi. I've got to think that Evil's going to beat Kojima. Yeah. So Goto versus Evil on the 14th, which is going to be a great match if they do book it that way. Um, and the winner faces Kenta. what I can only imagine would be Kenta. Yeah. So 
I'm that's thinking Kenta Goto for the for the final of that block. So look at that. You could have Kenta beating Goto going going through, getting revenge. Kenta going to the semis against conceivably any of these guys in C. Takagi, Osprey, Sonata, Saber, Ibushi, Tanahashi, or on the outside chance, Taichi. Yeah. Potentially beating them going to the finals. Kenta could win this whole thing this year. I need to fill out my whole block my whole bracket. And I, I want to find a clean version of this. We might need to make one ourselves that doesn't yeah, have the have dates on it like that, so people can write stuff in. But we'll we'll get that. We'll get something to you, uh, hopefully by the end of this week before these all get started next week. So hang tight, guys. We'll uh, we'll get you there. Uh, I I I'll make my first round picks, and even I'll go up to the finals of the what do we got there? The final eight, the elite eight. If we want to tie it to March Madness, I'm yeah. okay, I'm comfortable doing that, but. I'd have to really look at all those names in that Elite Eight and to really analyze that because that is going to be a crazy, crazy Elite Eight uh, in that. And this is the real March Madness, folks. Oh, God. People asking about this in the chat. I'm going to no. throw this picture up here so you can see what the heck this is. What is Shop Zone, Sir Ian Dangerous? Oh, I've explained that on the show before. That's what. Uh, so Steve from Steven Larson over on Going In Raw used to mock me. For buying merch for back when it was shop called shopzone.com from WWE. Yeah. I buy two shirts and the man just gets on my case, starts calling my makes my nickname Shopzone and busts my balls by he meets Kurt Angle and he gets a picture signed to Shopzone. So that's what that was. Steve Steve of Steven Larson busting my balls is what nice. that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I, I'm amused by it now. At the time I was steaming. But uh, yeah. So anyway, so yes, those are the brackets. I'm also seeing in the chat that Esmeralda is calling me out for my Yoshi hate. Yeah, no love for Yoshihashi. The man is a waste of space. Sorry. What? He's, 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 a, he's a gifted wrestler. He's fine. He just is a charisma vacuum. The poor guy cannot get... He's about as exciting as getting hit in the head with a stick. Come on. So, which is kind of his gimmick. He's, still, he's, still, he's not going to get beat by Hiroshi Tenzin. You know? No, he's not. Well, he might. <laughs> <laughs> you might get beat by Tenzon. It's been upsets. You're making we me second guess upsets. myself now. There's upsets all over the place in this. Like, there's going to be ones that we're like, what? Taichi beat Taka Tanahashi. What the heck is happening? What is life? It's every the single year. elimination G1 here, folks. Every year, you just burn your you burn your brackets after like the third day. You're like, all right, well, I'm done. <laughs> oh, let's go drink. I'm done. Damn it. <laughs> Esmeralda coming back and says, Yoshihashi, is, he's, he's decent. <laughs> That's a great word for him. Yeah. He's he is at eating pins. Very decent. <laughs> he is the definition of decent. He's there. Yeah. So, anyway, very exciting brackets. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be some awesome awesome matches. A very fun couple of weeks. Uh so keep keep tuned in. Mondays will be the time we talk about the previous weekend's uh New Japan Cup stuff. And uh yeah. I wonder who I'm I'm saying right now I'm 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 saying if I had to pick one to win this all, I would say probably Kenta. But mm. Kenta did just have, didn't he just have a shot at Naito? Maybe he doesn't get another one. Yep. Damn it, now I'm second guessing myself again. I'm not ready to reveal mine yet because Damn. I think we're going to do some bracketology with, uh, with the group. So I'm going to reserve my, I gave you guys, if you were listening close, I gave you my Elite Eight. Give Ishii a chance. <laughs> Ishii versus Naito two belts. Come on yep. now. I've I've mostly worked this out through the first and second rounds, but uh, more to come later this week. Can you imagine uh, if Osprey wins this? If Osprey wins this New Japan Cup this year, like no they comment. just they just you know that space that's that's anointed. them just anointing him. Yeah, anointed. Absolutely. Mm. No comment. 
Boy. Uh, that's it for the New Japan updates on the New Japan Cup brackets, but we're going to head over it and do our moment of positivity. It's mop time. Mop. It's time mop. for the mop. Mop. Sir Ian mop. Dangerous, what was your moment of positivity uh-huh. for, uh-huh. I guess, between uh-huh. Saturday uh-huh. and uh-huh. last night or up to today? It's got to be Asuka screaming in Japanese. I was just oh. went just grabbing the mic, screaming in Japanese, screaming like in, in broken English, uh, all of her little mannerisms, and then coming out and just <laughs> yeeting Natalia out of... <laughs> Hucking her out of the way and getting in Shana's face and going, bite me. Hey, Shana, are you overlooking me? Bite me. And just, ah, oh, oh, oh. just, that was, I mean, it was, I know it's a, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot, but when you say to mark out over something where you just lose objectivity and rationale and just become super happy and like completely into something without uh, trying to pick it apart or analyze it in any way, you're just completely invested. I was there at that moment. I just was like, "God, she's the greatest! I love her so much!" Ah! Fangirling out. Yeah, that was my that was my moment of positivity. That was my happiest moment of the week. Was was Oscar just being Oscar? Yeah, that was beautiful. Nice. Mine is uh, there was really nothing on Raw that made me just go, "Yeah." Hmm. Mine is. We got one more year of Ric Flair on this earth. Aww. Yep. Happy birthday, Ric Flair. Happy birthday, Nate. That was that was mine. Uh, we we fangirl. I fangirled about that at the very beginning of the show. You guys can listen to that if you missed it. Uh, but yeah, Ric Flair continues to be one of those the figure of, of professional wrestling. It, he is the goat. There's no question about it in my mind. Uh, it's, he's always been the goat. He's my favorite promo. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Happy birthday, Ric Flair. The fact that you're still here and still doing things, doing Ric Flair things, just like Ric Flair, absolutely love it. Just doing it his own his yep. own way, always. Going yeah. out, he's going to go out on Ric Flair's terms, and I think <laughs> I have he's, mad respect and love for that. If he just, ever does. As that, a man, right? He always kicks out on two, that guy. Good Lord. Absolutely. Oh, but that's our show, but that's not it. We're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 All right. So we mentioned earlier that uh, WrestleMania might get a little confusing. Uh, Bully Ray and Dave Meltzer both reported, that's an interesting combination of people to report something, that SmackDown, from what they understand, is in a, quote, state of flux, meaning that they <laughs> don't know what the hell they're going to do at WrestleMania. They thought they had a plan. They weren't happy with how the WrestleMania tickets are selling because they're not even sold out yet. And so they're considering about changing many of the matches that they were building towards, uh, including possibly not having Roman versus The Fiend. Now, what that means, who The Fiend is going to face or what might happen is still up in the air. But from what we understand, Raw is pretty set with with where they're going. SmackDown, not so much. So keep an eye out. The next couple of weeks will show uh, what they're going to try to float to see if we go for it. And uh, if it doesn't work out, they may change their plans all the way up to the last minute. Which is kind of scary. State uh, of flux is a famous Vince phrase too. Uh, if you've kept up with the way yeah. he says things to the press, and I don't know the earnings calls that they have every quarter, he tends to throw the state of flux line around from time to time. So, yeah, I, I could see this as being somewhat legitimate, saying that seeing that those were the words used. Yeah, which which also maybe because SmackDown is just 
I mean, it's a shambles. Mess. It's a mess right now. It is an absolute. You can tell they don't know where they're going, and they're just treading water. Like it's, it's almost embarrassing. But uh, you know, you watch enough WWE, you gotta get used to it. Yep. Uh, on the opposite side of the aisle, AEW has inked a deal to have their new amazing-looking action figures in Walmart. Walmart wow. will be carrying AEW figures. That's huge. Massive. The market that they're going to be able to access through having their toys at Walmart as just as an advertising platform, kids walking the aisles. Kids don't necessarily watch AEW unless their parents do, but they're walking down a toy aisle and they see these really cool-looking toys. They see, you know, Dustin with the cool black and red face paint or Pentagon Dark or any of these, you know, cool-looking Jericho, and they go, ooh, that's a cool toy. All of a sudden, you've got a kid who's now interested in finding out what AEW is. Uh, so, and if they have good sales at, at, at Walmarts, you know, they may, there may be future deals in play. So that is a huge coup for AEW. So if yep. you live, if you live close to a Walmart, get your, get your pocketbook ready. And I did hear that they're, uh, they're online as well for twenty three ninety nine. most of them, about 24 bucks for one of the Not figures which is, for the quality of that figure is, is a really good deal. That is really so, good. A couple That's of them. I've got a couple of them on pre-order. I'm waiting oh, for Oh, do them. you? <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. The, there's there's some room to fill back here behind. Yeah, him, right. So, yeah, I, I, nerd. He says as he sits next to his his stack of Funkos. Yeah. Uh, according to WW.com, Samoa Joe was suspended 30 days for violating the wellness policy. So remember when we were saying first he had a concussion, then he was getting suspended for the wellness policy, then he was not, then he was back from concussion, then he was injured in a commercial shoot, and now they're saying he's out on the wellness policy again. <laughs> We don't okay. Let's let's be clear. At this point, nobody really knows what's going on with Samoa Joe. No and one knows. Nobody what. really wants to go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after it. what happened last fall. With, you know that's a Crown really good point, dude. And this year that there's the coronavirus. What do you think oh. the odds are they get stuck there on quarantine? And we have another amazing Monday Night Raw. <laughs> amazing, amazing. No SmackDown. They got SmackDown the next night. They got to get back for SmackDown on Friday. What's the chances we have another amazing NXT SmackDown? You want me to blow your mind with something? Oh, Lord. So uh, UAE and, and uh, the United Arab Emirates and Abu Dhabi, all of those big, crazy construction projects that go on for the giant skyscrapers and all of the work that goes on over there and making all of that, most of the workers are Chinese. Oh. Two plus two. Oh. Equals. So, oh, crap. So keep it in mind. Okay. This will be very interesting at the end of the week. Uh, The Revival have personally filed for to trademark things like the phrase top guys, no flips, just fists, and say yeah, meaning that they will have control over those phrases if they go to the indies or anywhere else. They are personally filing those trademarks, not WWE. So that may be them setting themselves up to leave WWE finally after all these years of speculation. Um, I have a feeling if they don't leave, they're going to get some more oozy hot in their pants. Just a theory after all of this kind of stuff. On April 4th, TNA will be doing a throwback show. Just announced Shark Boy will be appearing on the TNA throwback show. I I wonder if we'll have another fish market uh, uh, match with Shark Boy (laughs) and Curry Man. Just curious. Curry man. Oh my uh, God. Sammy. Yeah, that happened. Sammy Callahan 
has been rumored to be the exalted one after people realized that he no, had, he's not. He had binary on his uh, Twitter page, and the uh, the Dark Order sent out a tweet in binary, and everyone started thinking the Sammy Callahan. No, it's it's been confirmed by Sportskeeda and several other places that Sammy Callahan is one hundred percent still contracted to Impact. It is a it is a airtight contract. He's not freaking going anywhere. However. The tweet with the binary was sent out at 3.01 a.m., and Matt Hardy's contract is up March 1st. Not saying, just saying. Mm, and I think the binary, if you translated it, broke down to join us or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't nothing, uh, nothing terribly yeah. crazy. It was just but. the Dark Order sending out encoded messages, which as a, as a computer guy, I love ones and zeros. I, I yeah, that geeked me out. Uh, yeah, ones and zeros. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the language of gods. Uh, Matt Hardy... Speaking of which, uh, reportedly has been offered, if he stays with WWE, he's been offered some involvement with NXT. So not only would he be behind the scenes being creative, uh, but he'd also be able to go down there and help train kids in NXT. So whether or not that's going to be appealing to him, we don't know. Uh, PW Insider says he's going to stick around WWE. But of course, nobody knows what Matt Hardy's going to do except for Matt Hardy and maybe Rebby. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Kyrie Sane got married to her long-distance fiancé. What? Uh, it's very typical in, uh, in Joshi culture to keep your relationships really on the down low. Uh, for example, it's, it's nearly an, an unknown fact that Io Shirai and Evil from New Japan are dating and have been for a while. We don't know. We have, no one has any idea who Kairi Sane's uh, fiancé is. But according to her... Uh, she tweeted out, I'm looking forward to building a family filled with laughters and joy with a man I can respect so deeply from his attitude towards work, warm towards people and animals, and his genuine way of living. I will continue working hard to become a pro wrestler that can bring much happiness and smiles to people. Uh, which just, she's so goddamn wholesome, Nick. Ah, yep. oh, it's too beautiful. So anyway, best, of, best, of, best wishes to her and her new, uh, her new husband because they are now married. Uh, let's see. Speaking of Japanese wrestlers, wrestling Diana star Sari has says she's signed with WWE. She's moving to the U S no word from WWE on if this is true. No confirmation yet, but she says, that she, uh, we know they were looking at her as early as last September. So she, we, we may be having another big Japanese star, not big, but like reasonably big Japanese star coming to NXT sometime in the next few months. Uh, Chris Brooks, speaking of Japanese wrestling, DDT. Uh, they started the, their Universal Championship, uh, not like the WWE Universal Championship. This is more like kind of like a U.S. title or, or a North American title where it's meant to be for the international wrestlers that are there. Uh, the first champion just won this last week in a match against Konosuke Takashita. Chris Brooks is your first DDT Universal Champion. And at, right after the match, he got attacked by Daisuke Sasaki. So right off the bat, right off the match, we have a feud. Sasaki stole the belt. So... Awesome. Uh, if you think DDT is just like, you know, butt moves and jokes, it's not. They do have some serious wrestling there. It's actually a really fun promotion. I okay. recommend checking out some of their stuff. This was actually a really hard-hitting match, and I dug it. Uh, but yeah, Chris Brooks is your new and, and inaugural Universal Champion over in DDT. Hmm. The Young yeah. Bucks are going to release a memoir on September 29th called The Young Bucks, Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big League. Nick, do you think it's too early for them to be releasing a memoir? Yes. Really? Uh, why, I think there's, that? I think, well, it's not a, I don't know if it's a memoir. I think they've got a story much like Jeff and Matt Hardy where they started as kids. 
they did some circus sideshow stuff. I, I think they've come up through the business as brothers from very young ages. And there's 30 years of experience in there. And I think there's plenty that they can tell throughout the history of their lives from the 90s forward that I would I absolutely loved the the story that they did, the biography that they did on the Hardy Boys on the WWE Network. I can't remember whether it was yeah. a Chronicle or whatever it was. Um, but I, writing a book, who cares? If they want to write a book, they can write a book. I, I'm going to read the hell out of it. I can't wait to read about their their stories and they've been so transparent with their YouTube channel and told their stories countless times if you've been watching that stuff since the beginning. But uh, yeah, I'll read this. I can't wait okay, for it. I don't so, think it's too early. Okay, you you said initially it was too early but then you you talked yourself out of it. So I do I think it's too early in that they don't have anything else to say after this? Yes. So see to me it's 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 okay, well hold on. They don't have anything to say after this. They're basically doing their lives up until the point where they they started uh, the second biggest wrestling company in the United States. So to me, that seems like a good like chapter one, how yeah. we got here. And then the next book can be just all about how AEW was to run. Yeah. So this actually makes total sense to me. Yeah. And also can, you know, can be like a lot of the road stories and also kind of maybe not maybe not a primer, but a um just a, a a more clear view into the mentality that they had grinding uh, their way into the business the way that they did, whether it was merch or social media or like, cause there's a mentality that they had that I think a lot of indie guys can look at and learn from total, like, like DIY. Um, they got themselves into hot topic. You know what I mean? Like these guys went out and did that. Like they did the work. And they were Bullet Club. Like, yeah, you can say Finn and Fale kind of started it, but they have ever like, and they, they took over and, and that, ran with it. They I mean, took it over and, and ran with it. And since then, but, for the last ten years, it's been it's been the Bucks. Well, but it's, everything's circled around the Bucks. There is definitely a debate about the morality of their of them coming in and essentially co opting an existing uh, concept to make themselves more famous and then dropping it when because it didn't really belong to them. Sure. When it was no when it no longer benefited them. So there's a whole moral story we could talk about that uh, it was opportunistic and you could argue selfish, but at the same time, do the ends justify the means? Here they are. So I'd be very curious to see what their mentality on it was, what the what the politicking was backstage on that, at least their view of it, um, you know, and and just some of that backstage stories about how that all went down. It was so. also really cool to get the email uh, that in the press release before it was actually announced on and dropped on the website. So because your boys are on the press list for AEW now, so I want to give a little. Oh, it was it was really cool. It was one of the first times that's happened for us uh, to get that like in advance. Yeah, uh, and I posted a screen, little screenshot snippet of it in the. My God, breaking news! Finally, we got something legit. Yeah. From now on, when we say AW, you heard it here first. We mean it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, keep your eyes out. September 29th for the Young Bucks new book. Uh, Edge, as I mentioned, will be back March 9th. So keep your eyes open for him. Beth will be not back next week. And finally, Nick. Uh, maybe people know this, maybe they don't. But over in boxing, Tyson Fury. Of course, who recently was in the WWE at the last uh, Saudi Arabia event having a match with Braun Strowman. Well, he beat Deontay Wilder. Straight up, seven rounds. They threw in the towel over on Wilder's side because the, he popped his eardrum. Now, did you watch this match, Nick? Did you watch no. this fight? Not a, not, a, not a boxing Not an MMA or not a boxing fan. I watched a good chunk of it. I wasn't able to watch it live because, you know, working and my work didn't want to drop $10,000 to get the fight. Right. But... Uh, 
I, Tyson outboxed the crap out of this guy. Tyson, I, I hate to say it. I was actually rooting for Wilder because I didn't want to see Tyson Fury at WrestleMania. You're going to see Tyson Fury at WrestleMania. Vince oh, is going to open the checkbook just to get the boy back for WrestleMania. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, I'm just calling it right now. I'm just curious what, what he's going to have to do and, and if Tyson Fury will have a match or if he's just going to be there because now he's the champ. He is, it's not a lineal championship. You know, it's not disputed. He's the undisputed champ now. So, yeah. Um, I was even hearing like, like big sports heads saying that Fury, like after that match, people are saying, oh, dude, Fury could have beat Mike Tyson because, because he's, he could outbox him and Tyson had trouble with tall guys. Ser- I mean, like sports heads, not just, you know, Stephen A. Smith idiots, like real, real sports heads. So Mike Tyson in his prime versus Tyson Fury now in his prime. Yeah. No way. Yep. No, no, that's way. reach height. Mike did not like tall guys. That is that is a that is true. He struggled against tall guys. Yeah, I, you could look at Holyfield. That his was power about was the dudes that were guy, his right? height. They were his height, and we could get that uppercut and just jack their jaw. And all that power comes right. You know, you can only go so high with it. You can't uppercut a dude who's got six ten inches on you. So, <sighs> and and Fury is huge. But anyway, yeah, Fury's your champ. It's undisputed now. You'll probably have a Wilder rematch at some point. You'll probably yeah. beat him again after the way that match looked. Uh, but keep your eyes open for what they're going to do with Tyson Fury at WrestleMania, because apparently he really got a taste for wrestling the last time he was in the WWE. And Nick, that is the news. Thank you, Surrey and Dangerous, and thank you guys for hanging out with us on this episode of the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Special shout-out to everybody in the chat right here on YouTube. If you're not watching us and joining us on YouTube, you should be. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash Open. Make sure you slam that subscribe button. We're halfway to our monetization goals here on YouTube. And for those that know what that is, you know how hard that grind is. And we are this close. So help us get there. Make sure you get subscribed. Uh, make sure you turn your uh, notifications on as well so that you get alerted anytime we go live or put up new content. Uh, you can also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Join us over in the Facebook group. Uh, like our page and search for Busted Wide Open to get into the BWO discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. And you want to make sure you're in the Discord server as well, which you can find in the description below here on YouTube or pinned to our social media profiles just about everywhere so that you can also hate watch Super Showdown with the rest of us <laughs> on Thursday and uh, every other show throughout the week. Plus, we've got AEW Revolution coming up in two weeks. I think we've got two weeks left. It's it's going to be a lot of fun as we go down the road to WrestleMania, but we got to get over this big old roadblock happening on Thursday first called Super Showdown. Ah, lots of good stuff happening there. Uh, Last but certainly not least, shout out to all of our patrons, the phenomenal ones themselves. Uh, Thank you guys for all of your support and love. Hold on, I gotta gotta stop you. Revolution in two weeks. Try this coming Sunday, buddy. What? 29th. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this this Saturday our show. Super Showdown has me so screwed up. (laughs) This Saturday our show is... uh, I'm going to watch Return of the King in IMAX. I didn't know that this Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday is Revolution. Oh, we're doing our, so the Saturday show. We're doing Revolution Pickums, the Super Showdown recap, AEW, NXT, SmackDown, and more. Plus a Patreon mailbag right episode after mailbag episode right after Sasha Banks. Uh, it's going to be a crazy huge show on Saturday. So come back for that. Oh, so Revolution is on Saturday? Then I'm good. Sunday. I I was, I was no, we're it's... we're doing our Pickums on Saturday. For oh, Nick, are you high? Is it? Is, are your your meds? Not anymore. Nick Nick has a broken wing, everybody. So sometimes the Norcos kick in. 
No, not that's anymore. What I'm gonna, oh, that's how I'm things. explaining it. I'm not a fan oh. of pills, but oh, okay. Uh, I had to get through the first few days, especially after that nerve block wore off. How is it? How is your arm doing, by the way? It's okay. Uh, I had a first session of PT yesterday, and um, we're doing a little bit of movement stuff. I was able to stretch it out straight for the first time in a week, and that that's one of the scariest but, games I've ever played. Yeah, but getting um, what scared straight? No PT. Oh yeah. Um, the the I, I'm I'm getting started with PT early. I'm working with a someone who specializes in pitching uh, for baseball players, so getting motion and strength back to it is all going to be a big deal. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I'm very excited about the PT process. It's not just some mill. It's going to be a one-on-one specialized thing. So hopefully that helps with the recovery, getting better sooner, faster, quicker, all that good stuff. So yeah, we'll see you guys this weekend for revolution and we'll catch everything up, uh, that way. But thank you uh, to all of our patrons, the phenomenal ones head over to patreoncom slash BWO. If you guys would like to get in on some exclusive rewards, such as the ability to ask listener questions on our patron mailbag episode that we do every Saturday afternoon, uh, after our big main show for that day, covering AEW NXT and Friday night SmackDown. Uh, you get the ability to ask us questions, AMA, anything you'd like uh, that Ian and I will answer right here live on the YouTube channel every single week. There's about 20 episodes of that if you have been missing out. But thank you guys so much uh, for all of your support. If you'd like to get in on that, patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.